Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. Hello, Kyle. Well, hello, Rob. Uh, topic for today, um, public speaking faux pas. Oh, okay. I actually took pas. a couple of uh, college courses on this. But Did, let's see how much I remember. Uh, wait, on public speaking or public yes. speaking faux pas? I actually have a degree, a bachelor's degree in speech communications. What? How much of it do I use? How much of it do I remember? <laughs> well, not as much as I probably should. Well, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sideways on this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I pulled from uh, my my political uh, fascinations oh, okay. for this. So this is interesting. Um, okay, faux pas, right? Like an, now, when you say faux pas, embarrassing or tactless act or remark in a social situation, don't really mean it like that. I just mean a screw up when you're talking. Mm-hmm. Something comes out of your mouth that really shouldn't, and then everything goes crazy. Um, if you looked at politics, and specifically American politics, we could obviously talk about the last few years. A lot of things have <laughs> been come out of people's mouths that, is, you know, we can talk about that for some other time. But before all that, if you wanted to pick a year of recent memory and say, wow, what was a year that like just someone says something and then it all goes downhill? 2004. So in 2004, we were in a presidential election year. Um, in January of that year, people might remember, even those who are not from the United States, the infamous Dean scream. Uh-huh. Howard Dean was the former governor of Vermont. He's running in the primaries against John Kerry. He comes in like third. I think it was the Iowa caucus. And he gives this infamous speech afterwards that night where he's just like, we're going to go here and then we're going to go here. And then yeah. And he just and it's crazy. He kind of loses his mind a little bit yeah. like Steve Ballmer did, like we've talked about a few yeah. minutes ago. So, and, and, and he just tanks after that, right? Here's amusingly what happens. Uh, fast forward about six, seven months, go to the Democratic National Convention of 2004. John Kerry is the presumptive nominee. He goes up on stage to accept the nomination. And in a nod, which was trying to basically put a little shade on the current president at the time, where there was questions about his military service. And whether or not he kind of was able to avoid certain things like going to Vietnam and stuff, he goes up to the podium and says, I'm John Kerry and I'm reporting for duty. And he gives a little salute. (laughs) And he gives a little salute. (laughs) Here's the crazy thing about that story is when it happened, as was happening, and you can go back and like read, there's a great NPR story about this, that initially everybody was like, oh, that's kind of smart. You're you're doing a lot of things. You're reminding people that you're, you know, a a Vietnam War veteran. You're kind of putting shade on Bush, all this other stuff, right? And then very quickly, like within 24 hours, everybody went, wow, that was dumb. Like it made you look, you just don't say, that didn't sound right, (laughs) didn't work. And actually a lot of people go back and look and say it was his campaign just fizzled, like from that moment. Why do I bring this up? There is a moment in this minute that I did not ever realize, I think is based on that moment from the 2004 Democratic National Convention. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and I've never, never, never have I picked up on this until I, of course, looked over it second by second <laughs> and listened. <laughs> anyway, there we go. All right. So we're talking about big speeches here at minute 96 yes. of Iron Man 2 from 2010, directed to John Favreau. All right. So we pick up where we left off, which is in the middle of a sentence. Uh, <laughs> Justin Hammer was just about to give a, a give a big intro, uh, doing his cutting his promo, uh, and uh, 
Then it stopped right before we got to the, the most important part of the name. So what he said was, in minute 95, ladies and gentlemen, today I am proud to present you the very first prototype in the variable threat response battlesuit and its pilot, dot, dot, dot. And now we pick up here in minute 96 with... Air Force Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes! And it was like, Whoa, the floor opens up, and even Pepper and Natalie. I, I keep wondering which name I'm supposed to use. Natalie. We'll say Natalie because I think in the next, you know, four minutes or so, we'll probably stop using the name Natalie. Right, that'll be uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Are very confused. What? And so then the floor opens up, and up comes Rising... The War Machine Armor. Now, we talked about a little bit before when... Uh, we had James Rhodes, Rhodey, in the original prototype, the Mark II armor. But now, this is it for real. So this is the for real War Machine Mark I armor. So all the way from Iron Man number 281 from June of 1992, uh, where he first made his debut. So we have it. It's all decked out. So we see what the... Uh, engineers from the the air force i'm assuming uh and hammer have done to the armor so we get to see that first of all no longer shiny yeah so they have no, burnished everything way down and there's there's except for like the shape of the face there's very little that still resembles the original sort of iron man armor maybe the hands i guess but even that like everything has been has been decoed uh and changed around almost really just the abdomen the abdomen and some of yeah. like the the i mean like, like even like the, the, the plates along the even the 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 arms and stuff like that. the big shoulders you got the big the things around around the gauntlets uh, the big gauntlets yeah, the, are big, exactly yeah. the big gauntlets the, the the boot jets i mean everything like has been and then you can see you get it's got it's got designation zero zero one on the side because right. you know obviously there's the the first of its of its line uh, and the eyes that are glowing a little bit I, red i guess i, I don't want to say because usually red is associated with evil in marvel yeah there's like an amber glow right around the edges which is kind of nice i mean it, yeah. it, it gives it gives a cool effect and it differentiates it from iron man yeah exactly so you can see if, if it was in the dark and uh, you know a suited figure came at you you would know which one it was right. not just by the giant shoulders uh, and so we we've learned what does Ivan say that uh, the he things would be able to do make salute and so when we have uh, Rhodey salutes then all the rest of the the bots salute as well including Justin Hammer who does it very very poorly awkward it's completely awkward uh, but I love how this connects to that right like remember right. he said oh yeah I can make salute and sure enough right like that's what they do and it's done like. From a theatric standpoint, if you were in the audience, again, yeah. we talked about like the audience in this. Oh, yeah, you're eating this up. Like, yeah. this looks amazing. I mean, the audience are like sitting there, like, oh, all right, like, this is a good show. Like, yeah, there's this... some, you know, polite golf applause. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, oh, all right. Uh, so, but in, uh, in how much time we get talking about salutes, this, I wanted to do a little bit of research on salutes. So I wanted mm -hmm. to find out sort of what the history of salutes are. So, um, the, the, the sort of the US military salute has a very specific way of doing it, but it actually, the British were the first ones to do this because they had the military. They do it differently. And so I, I, whenever you see a, Brit a British soldier salute, they have their palm out. And so, like, they do the same salute to say, like, well, and I have the thing of, like, what actually a proper salute, you know, is. But the palm is facing out when they do it. Well, apparently, uh, back in the day of sailing ships, 
then the the sailors would actually get tar and pitch all over the things. And when you would salute, then you would have a dirty hand. And apparently the, the people of the U.S. military were like, ooh, I don't want to see a dirty hand. Like, <laughs> So they actually made them turn their hands 90 degrees so that if their hands were dirty, they wouldn't have to see it. Oh, wow. And that's <laughs> so why that's an American why is... Oh. An American salute is that is that straight hand as opposed to like because if you see even now when the when british soldiers salute they've turned their palm out like basically say i have nothing in my hand like that's sort of like where it comes from of like raising your your visor of your armor that's where the the salute originally came from um and then i have nothing in my hand uh so the okay so the proper salute apparently according to wikipedia is raise the right hand sharply fingers and thumbs extended and joined palm facing down and place the tip of the right forefinger on the rim of the visor because you're always wearing a hat when you salute right um or something on your head helmet whatever uh slightly to the right of the eye apparently when you're not wearing a hat a cover i guess is is the term you don't have to do you don't have to salute as much i guess there's there's very specific rules in different things of where they go. So I, obviously we are not military people, <laughs> right? So I'm sure that someone who's in the military would have much more of an insight on this. So this is all just from the the, the people at Wikipedia. Okay, so the outer edge of the hand is barely canted downward, <laughs> so that neither the back of the hand nor the palm is clearly visible from the front. The hand and the wrist are straight, and elbow inclined slightly forward, and the upper arm is horizontal. So Justin Hammer, all wrong. Oh my God, like, it's completely wrong. wrong. Like, he, like, he like he like touches like the the mid part of his finger to his forehead and like yeah, yeah it's, his it's, thumb it's, is all the way in under yeah, his palm right it's, no it's doofusy it's like what right. a kid would do like playing in the backyard when he was like four years old <laughs> it's, it's that's completely right. not no it's not right yeah, but he's working the working the crowd though. So, and he continues on. He says, "For America and its allies, Hammer Industries is reporting for and okay." And he, and he sort of like trails off. And there's so, a reason why he trails off. But I'm going to yeah. tell you something. I've never noticed he said that. Ah, oh. and I got to tell you, I think that is. I think. I think there's a little connection to if you're going to do something dorky and you were going to uh-huh. say it and knowing what happened in 2004. Yeah. I, th- I think that's where they pulled that from. <laughs> <laughs> well, surprised. You know, it's interesting as you were talking about it and like, and not knowing what you were going to use your opening right. for, uh, and you started uh, talking about that thing. I knew exactly what the first one was going to be. And then when you started do- talking about the second one, I'm like, I don't know exactly what you're talking about too. Yes. Like, even now, <laughs> You know, here we are in the in the beginning of a new decade, and I still know exactly what those things are. These these things that linger, you know, in, in the political arena, what they what lingers in the public consciousness. So, uh, why did Justin trail off? Because here comes the Iron Man. That's why uh, he sees like it's looking like, obviously. From his perspective, he doesn't know what it is. So it's like, hey, did someone shoot a missile at us? Because you yeah. just see something coming <laughs> in, rocket bad. propelled at him. Like, uh, uh, but I'm sure Tony Stark has some kind of defenses in place. Because, you know, if something went wrong, it'd be really bad for him. So I'm sure he has defenses of some sort built into this World's Fair, right? I mean, it's not going to be like totally defenseless, Rob. Well, okay. I mean, that would just be well, silly. Now, wait. Oh, wait. Are you setting me up for something? Okay. I'm setting you up for the next five minutes. Okay. No, because, I, okay. And I will admit, hey, guess what, everybody? Spoiler. There is some real suspension of, of belief on a few things we're about to talk about over the next few minutes. Yeah. One of them is this and that. Okay. What I hope is, is that because it's Tony, it's Stark Expo. Yeah. He has some way to basically stand down the defenses so that he can just swoop in because you would think. This couldn't be allowed. Like a right. flying object couldn't just go in during one of the main stage presentations. With there's so much military yes. stuff going on. There are there are there are uh, military personnel 
in the crowd. I mean, right, like there are right. there are probably if, if not joint, joint chiefs, chiefs. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, there are, there are probably really high ranking military guys here. I mean, I think. I, don't they have a pavilion? Like, isn't there like a like like a? No, I'm not sure. I don't. Well, no. all the contractors, but that, but that just yeah, means, con- I mean, all the contractors, all there, the yes, contractors. So. so, like, you you know that they're all there. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a way. I can you can explain this away. Yeah, plausibly. So, <laughs> so Tony comes flying in, uh, and then and nobody knows really what's going on. Like, just hammers like, uh, is something about to go down here? Even Rhodey's a little bit like on edge, like. Pepper and Natalie don't know exactly why. Oh yeah, there. Pepper clearly. Pepper looks at looks at what's looks at him and looks like is this, you can see in her face is. Did you plan this? Like, yeah. why is why is Tony here? What is going on here? So there's a little bubble of excitement from the crowd, but it's not like it's oh my god, it's Iron. It's, it's not like a wrestling run in. Like you know, it's sort of like uh oh oh, it's Iron Iron Man's here. Oh oh, that's interesting. You know, well, sort of like this, <laughs> oh because oh. they're still um, not understanding what's going on. Right. So. Uh, Iron Man flies in and hits the hero pose. Boom! Hard on the knees. Uh, so he drops in and then stands up. Uh, and now we get to see the Mark VI armor. So here we go. In the in the one minute, here in 96, we get to see two brand new armors we've never seen before. We got the, the War Machine Mark I and we've got the Mark VI. So you see the, the, big, the difference is the triangle. The rest of it is eh, kind of just minor cosmetic stuff along the way. Like we're going to I think there will be a little uh, technical things as we go along, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, for the most we'll part, like everything later. is is yeah, like the the actually the shell actually looks pretty right. similar. Like there's not a lot. Like if you see a lot of Iron Man's armors from the comic books, they're vastly different. Like when he was right. had the triangle, this one he had actually had like shoulder pads. Like he actually had like pads that came out, and he was it was uh, red and silver. A lot of the designs and stuff you'll see in Iron Man three uh, shouldn't make it that far, uh, but uh, this one is is. Essentially, like you look at, it, you know exactly who it is. It's still Iron Man. Now, uh, is the um, the design? Uh, my understanding is is that with the triangle, this is taken from the Extremis armor from the comics. Uh, yes, uh, but there was he did triangle before Extremis though. Like oh, there was okay. there was a there was a, a period of time that uh, he had a red and silver armor. Gotcha. Uh, that had a triangle as the as the main power source too. But uh, interesting as as we're looking at the different designs, I didn't notice, and this will, come, this will be more clearly in the next couple of minutes. Is that the drones also have the circular uh, power in their chest too? Like all oh, the right. all the drones have the have the white circle as their power thing too, which I thought interesting. Like that hammer just can't do anything original. No, of course. like even his drones look slightly like Iron Man. Well, like, that's cause, cause and, I know they were suits, but like there's right. no aesthetic. I mean, there's there's no reason to have that there if you does not that's not where the power source is, and he doesn't have an arc reactor. So why would you have the power source there? Marketing. Yeah, exactly. Marketing. It's, it's because, just there. Because somebody to, else did it. You know? Well, it's there. It's there to like, oh, because here's why you do that. So okay. then people see those suits and they go, oh, look, Iron Man. Uh-huh. Oh, it looks just like Iron Man. Just It's just yeah. as good as Iron Man because it looks like Iron Man. That Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so as he as he walks up, he, he starts talking. And before we get into what, what he and, and Rhodey are exchanged, I'm trying to figure out. Is he broadcasting at that point, or is he transmitting a signal to Rhodey? Because they're having a little conversation, but Hammer's right there, and Hammer doesn't seem to hear them. So is this a theatrical device? Is this sotto voce? Is this an aside? Or is he actually like transmitting directly into Rhodey's helmet? Okay. What do you think? 
Oh, I'm because later gonna... on he turns around and talks to Hammer. Right. And they ha- and and so like obviously he's brought there. He's actually talking now. That, okay. that, that that'll be well. That that happens in minute ninety seven. But like the, this this first conversation. What do you think? Okay. No, and I'm glad because the spoiler. We're going to talk about this a little more in depth on the next minute because mm-hmm. something then happens that is is involving Hammer on this. I think there has to be some because remember. This war machine armor is the Mark II yes. Tony suit. Yeah, down, I down think, at the base, it's still uh, the same uh, technology. One of the things you different operating system, right? Different, no, different, a different operating system. But okay, clearly he is he is communicating, and again, not spoiler because we're going to talk about this in the next minute. Yeah, they are talking suit to suit because they do it later on when they're yes, right. True. In the, right. in the in the sky, so yeah. this is a conversation just suit to suit. Yeah, and I think you can see that because you can hear audibly sort of the technical like feel that there's there's an audible like uh, technical transmission like version of it. It's not it's not voice to voice. And yeah. again, this will come out when he has the conversation with Justin Hammer in the next minute. Yeah. So here's here's my question: How how is that happening when this suit right. has been okay? Here's the deal. What's my plausible explanation? It's Tony Stark at the base. It's Tony Stark hardware. He, mm-hmm. he has a way that it just talks directly to it. You know, Rob, I just realized the War Machine armor is a Hackintosh. It's a, it is. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's it's he he has a it's way. It's got or, Sony guts. Well, Sony or, guts. Or, it's got Sony guts. Okay. Or let's or let's let's. Okay, the movie has actually already played the played the way this can happen. Mm-hmm. When he was in the Senate hearing earlier on in the movie, he was able to obscure. He was able to abscond the screens in the room. True. The Iron Man, the new, the new Mark Six. This is Mark Six, right? Yeah, Mark Six armor yeah. has the ability to look at something that has a microphone and speaker system in it, and be able to immediately patch <laughs> through to it. Okay, that's actually that. You know what? I, that, you know, I, I was going to say that's not bad. That's actually more plausible because we have we we've seen that earlier in the movie. Yeah, that is plausible to understand about how that connection can happen. And it's hit, so so he's using AirPlay. AirPlay two. He's using AirPlay, AirPlay two. two. AirPlay two. There you go. <laughs> AirPlay six. It's because yeah, the Mark Six armor. I say it's, 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 we're getting we're getting very, no, very you, Apple that, nerdy today. Yeah, this sorry. Yeah, no, I, no, because again, like again, one of those weird things that you just go wait. Like when you stop and think about it, how is this happening? But he's de- he's definitely talking suit to suit. Yeah, because Justin can't hear this. And then there's a difference of what happens in the next minute. Um, one thing I just want to say is, though, as as then they have this conversation, we'll obviously mm-hmm. talk about the conversation. Yep. Wonderful sweeping shot of around. You get a close up view of the war machine armor, which is really cool. And one yeah. of the things that you get to see uh, very uh, open is the we get a look at the markings that are on the war machine armor. And one of them that we haven't talked about before, because we haven't really seen it as clear as in this is, yeah. there is an ED-445-LTS. And that's a cool call to the flight test squadron, the 445th te- flight test squadron stationed at Edwards Air Force Base in California. Oh, nice. I didn't Very cool. see that. That is really cool. Yeah. Nice okay. nice attention to detail. on. Yeah, and again, as they pulled some of the markings, the aircraft markings onto these sure. suits, that's just it, kudos, everybody. Well yeah. done, and and uh, big shout out to Industrial Light and Magic because as you say, this big sweeping shot, the only thing that was there was Justin Hammer. <laughs> like Sam Rockwell was alone on that stage. There's not a prop. There's not a stick with a ball. Like all that is completely CG from the geniuses at ILM. Unbelievable. Yeah. There's no War Machine. There's no Iron Man. There are no drones. There are no risers. I mean, it's yeah. just a completely blank stage, and they did their stuff on it, and like it's still 
10 years later, super impressive. This is incredibly well done. Yeah. Incredible light reflection and refraction. Yeah. The, the focus, everything. You guys just, okay, crush this because yeah. it, it really does look, even like you said, like 10 years later, it looks fantastic. All right, so let's talk about what they're talking yeah. about. Because remember, the last time these two saw each other, things were not going very well. So they have not really oh, had yeah. a, a pleasant conversation, that thing. So Rhodey's first thought is, well, it's about to go down again. Uh, and there's a lot of civilians here. Is Tony drunk? Like, I mean, you know, he's like, he has no idea what's about to happen. So Tony says, we got trouble. And like... Rhodey's thinking, oh, like trouble right here in River City? Like, like we got we got beef? Like, you know, we got issues? Like, no. Rhodey says, Tony, there are civilians present. I'm here on orders. Let's not do this right now. <laughs> like, I like also the fact that and first, first thing, there are civilians present. Already a, a great sign. Like, he's already thinking, you know, heroically. And obviously, he's a, you know, he's a war hero already. But I'm here on orders is like, I didn't. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be on stage with Justin Hammer. <laughs> like, right. They told me I had to be, and so here I am. So let's not do this right now. Like, like okay, like we can fight if you want to, but like maybe out of the armor and away from all the people. That'd be great. And so Tony then sidles right up to him and goes, "Give him a wave," and just like waves to the crowd with his puts his arm around his new his new robotic buddy. Right. <laughs> That's right, super pals, everyone. Yeah. Uh, and so it, even Justin is sort of watching this, like I don't know what's about to happen. And then goes, "Hey, all right, yay!" Like he's like, "I don't know why Tony's on my side, but he is, yay!" <laughs> And so then the conversation continues as as they're standing there, um, you know, clutching his Tony's, you know, being and, and transmitting. Obviously, as we've said, uh, all these people are in danger. We got to get them out of here. You got to trust me. And that's where the minute ends in the middle of that sentence. I know. Yeah, there's stuffs about bad stuffs about to happen. Okay, one thing yeah. I did want to mention. Yeah. Um, some wonderful sound design. Uh, when we, when Tony's coming in before he before he lands in the in the hero prone position, right? Yeah. There is this really cool the rumble of him coming in. Yeah. And then they it's they suck all the audio out. There's nothing because yeah. his thrusters yeah, yeah. go off. It's full silent. And then when he hits and the crowd goes nuts because that's yeah. that is when them in the crowd when the crowd finally realizes who it is. He it just a really wonderful little way we talk about this from time to time yeah when you you can make such an impact when you get rid of all the sound yes. and they do it in that moment it's really wonderful. and that clang yes like that sort of like that when, yes. he, when he hits the ground like that's it's such a great sound yeah i'll say the sound design and we're going to see a lot of that more as it goes through here the sound design of this is fantastic i, I wish they had done a little bit tweaking of the audio so we could tell what when he's transmitting versus when he's talking Oh right, you know, right. like I wish, but but at the same time, I don't really want them to add the at the end of each line too that we know it's like a CB broadcast or whatever. So maybe it was better that they didn't. But I kind of wish that there was just a little, I don't know, audio distortion put on one side and not the other. So as we're talking about entrances, I would like to know your favorite superhero entrance. And there's a good place that you can hop online and tell us all about it. And that's our Facebook page. But it's not just an ordinary Facebook page. Oh, no. That's not the way we roll here. We have our own little side group that you have to look for to find. It's called the Marvel Movie Minute and Next Real Podcast Executive Lounge. So you have to ask for entrance because we're trying to keep out the bots and the weirdos. So... 
ask for interest, hop in, uh, find maybe a posting about this episode or, or one of the other ones, and tell me what your favorite superhero entrances are. Would it, will it be from all the way back in the 80s? Will it be from today? Will it Ooh. be just Marvel? Who knows? The whole Could it be all the way back to like the black and white Batman serial shorts? Sure, why not? Uh, Probably won't be, but it could be. <laughs> Was it George Reeves jumping off of a trampoline? I want to know. Uh, so go to uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the next real ask for membership. Hop in there, and if you want to include art, that's fine too. But if not, you can just, uh, you know. Say it there, and I'm, I want to know. I want to know. Can I just say something, please? I'm just going to give you a hint. <gasps> oh, what yours would be? William Cat. Oh, believe it or just, not, um, and we're going to leave it at we're going to leave it at that. <laughs> hey, I rhymed. Oh, nice. Wow. Do it some of the time. <laughs> and that wraps up for Minute 96. I'll be back here for Minute 97 as we see what the end of Tony's sentence is. And also, uh, maybe he's going to make some new friends with these all these bots around. You, you don't know. And you definitely won't know if you skip the episode. So be back here for Minute 97. Enough said. Bye.